Okay, we'd like to call the uh, regular uh, town council meeting November 25th, uh, and it is uh, 5.04. So, we have the agenda in front of us. Um, are there any changes to the agenda? There are none. Um, your Worship. Uh, would someone like to move the adoption of the agenda? Mr. Good, thank you. All those in favor? Great, thanks. Uh, we have minutes of the November 12th, uh, 2019 regular council meeting. We've had a chance to preview those. Anything need changing? minutes. Deputy Mayor, I would uh, move the November 12th uh, minutes as uh, presented. Thank you. Uh, all those in favor? Great. Uh, we have the minutes of November 21st, the special council meeting. That's a simple one there. You're making the motion, Mr. Scammerhorn. Thank you. All those in favor? Great. Okay, and Mr. Mayor has walked in, and here we be. two sets of minutes. Any public hearings, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Okay, we will do the presentations. Misery Mountain Ski Hill. If I could ask Mr. Donnelly to come to the speaker's table. And speak into the microphone, right? Please. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Um, all right, so every, maybe it was fine the way it was. I try to make a point of coming on no and council how we did last season. Uh, usually I've come in the summer, so a little bit. Did everyone's a really good year, or a good month, sorry. And it was a pretty dismal month for us last year. Snow was, uh, snowfall was a little bit below average. Again, hoping for at least an average year. You notice that it, um, uh, operating income was down by about $40,000 uh, from the previous year. And we were able to make that up because we did fundraise more. Just in rough numbers, it cost us about a half a million dollars to run the ski hill every year. And we uh, get about a half of that through operational revenue. And the other half we have to get through fundraising and other sorts of things that we do. And of course, we're always very, very grateful to the to the town for the help and the support um, that we received from, from the town of East River. So thanks for that. Every year for the past four years, we've been able to increase our revenue. It's averaged about 15%. And at some point, of course, the trees don't grow to the sky. So at some point, we're not going to be able to increase our revenue. And we never know what year it's going to sort of level off or maybe drop. But we're hoping for a good snow and a good season this year. But you can plant more money trees. You don't need to grow them higher. All right. Uh, do we get the seedlings from Mercer? Do they uh, provide money tree seedlings? Well, somewhere in there. I planted about 200 little spruce seedlings this year, but I couldn't get my hands on the money tree. One of the key, and the town has paid 
twenty and thirty thousand dollars for plans, and <laughs> this is a really good to us. One of the things that we're um, kind of having to deal with now is to expand our our own minds of our board members and our operations to include uh, summer operations and. Uh, we're, as not surprising, I suppose, we're having some growing pains within our own board and organization as to how we're going to accommodate that. And one of the things that we've decided as a board is um, to kind of look at the structure of our organization a little bit differently than we have, and that involves a little bit of rebranding. So I'm over, kind of on the second page now if you're following along. Uh, so instead of Misery Mountain Ski Area, we are now branding ourselves simply as Misery Mountain. And I think on your copy, I put the brand new um, modified logo, which has some grass at the bottom to sort of uh, indicate that we have or will have in the future some summer operations and not just not just snow sports. So. We're, we're looking at our operation now in terms of business units. And of course, the most important and by far the largest, probably 90% is Misery Mountain Snow and the Misery Mountain Chalet Rentals. And then Misery Mountain Mountain Biking will be a separate unit. And Misery Mountain possibly many different special type events. The Hill um, firmly put our Hill Manager uh, in charge of all the different as conflicts arise over timing or use of equipment or anything that impacts our operation, everything ultimately goes through the hill manager. And once we put our hill manager in charge of rentals, for example, last kind of late winter, I think it was, that part of our operation really started to come together. We've spent many years trying to fill a vacant position on our board for somebody in charge of chalet rentals. And we've just never been able to find a volunteer person who was willing to be responsible for that sort of thing. And it kind of languished. And so uh, very quickly, Amanda improved the marketing, adjusted the pricing so that it was more in line with what's going on in the community. And we've had a lot more chalet rentals. In fact, we'll probably um, somewhere approximately triple, I'm expecting, our chalet rental revenue in the current fiscal year over, over past year. And as part of that, um, we, we also put together a capital plan for the first time. Really, that's because we've never had any money. <laughs> so <laughs> capital things just never got done. That's right. We got done in the last six months after making a bit of a plan. Um, so in terms of the business highlights, I'm going to skip over um, all of the snow sports ones and jump down to the mountain biking. As you know, we received the, the mountain biking plan, which is a huge step forward for us. Had lots of keen mountain bikers who were anxious to go out there and start cutting runs and making trails and stuff, and managed to kind of hold them back and say, let's, let's not go off without a plan. Let's make sure that what we do is well thought out, it's well planned, and is sustainable, and that what we do is something that we want to have last for many, many, many years. We've also been working with through another grant that we got um, actually partly from Mercer and partly I think from another company. We were able to get some money to uh, contract a mechanical engineer to do a little study on the chairlift, which Adarsa required us to have a mechanical engineer kind of design and do the engineering studies to see that it wouldn't overstress the chairlift to put our little hooks that we have and mountain bikes and that sort of stuff. 
So it's amazing how long these things take, but we are still working through that process with the DARSA and hopefully sometime before next summer we'll actually get permission to, to use the chairlift to carry bikes and riders up the hill. So that's an important part too. In terms of the chalet rentals, like you said, having our hill manager be responsible for that business unit has made a huge difference. Uh, we're also through a, um, a grant from the, uh, the Rotary Club, we were able to hire an acoustical engineer to come up and do a little study of our chalet and give us recommendations on what we can do to improve the acoustics in there. And so based on his report, we're just in the midst of uh, building and installing acoustical panels. We were able to get about half of them up last week before the snow fest and the other half are made and we'll be putting them up hopefully this week. So improving the sound in there will have a, a big impact on the desirability as a, as a rental place too. In terms of Misery Mountain Adventures, we are uh, still working on this, trying to get the event insurance and some important details like that for the hill climb. But we are planning to run the hill climb uh, entirely ourselves this year. The last two years we've um, run this in, a, so in conjunction with and under the auspices of the Western Canadian Hill Climb Association. And we're looking at doing it ourselves this year. That's still somewhat up in the air. There's some important T's that need to be crossed and I's that need to be dotted. But. And we, we made some improvements to the facility. So I don't know, how many of you ski? Anybody on the on council like, actually come out and ski? Like, know how to ski. Know how to ski or ski well. <laughs> no, no, I did have you come out and ski. Were you out skiing last year? Once a year with the school. Okay, good. So you'll notice, if you look at these pictures there, I am so, so excited about this. Um, I've been wanting to get this work done for many years because that lower part of the of the hill in the, in the V in between the two lifts, the, the chair lift on the left-hand side and the, and the T bars, it, it's been basically unskiable. The terrain, you know, the, what was left there from the uh, where the jump, the ski jump used to be, and et cetera, et cetera, it's been unskiable. A couple years back, um, Northern, Northern Cross, uh, Rod de Bolt came in with a brusher and, and cleared out some of the trees there to allow a little wider run access into that area. But this particular, the picture on the left hand side, we've got that smoothed out, it's going to be great this year. We couldn't get through there last year. The grass cutters couldn't get through to cut the grass. The, the, because of the uneven terrain, our groomer couldn't groom it. It was just all closed off last year. And this year it's going to be wonderful. You see those two pictures. We're going to have our, um, that's the spot we've designated for our feature park for the snowboarders to play on various stuff. We've purchased a couple of used features from the Calgary, the Canadian Olympic Park in Calgary. And we'll be building a couple of our own new features this year. So with the improved terrain and new features, we're hoping that's going to be just a, a great attraction for young people. We also, we were required, you see the bottom picture on the other page, Adarsa decided that we needed a lift operator at the top of the lower T-bar. We've never had for 30 years, not a problem, but they decided that we needed to hire another operator and then we have to have somewhere for them to stay. So that meant building a new lift shack and we were able to get a pretty good deal on the siding. So we refurbished the lower lift shack. Some of you will might remember how ugly and ratty that looked on the left hand side. You see Gus Hartman down there working on the siding and then the middle picture how it looks now. And we've also moved that pile of spare power poles that we had had there for several years temporarily 
temporary things tend to go on forever and ever. So we've moved those out. So I'm very glad that we may have been able to improve the sort of eyesore there, because I read that you guys just two weeks ago passed a new law on eyesore properties. So I'm glad that we're, we're looking nicer now. And uh, in, in the inside of the chalet, the acoustical panels are uh, going to improve the sound. We replaced the wall sconces. I have to always be careful not to say scones, but sconces, different things. And they look fine to me, but anyway, I guess the comment from brides is, those are so 90s. Again, what's wrong with that? But anyway, yeah, brides didn't like them very much, so we'll try to make it more nicer for brides. Um, we had to upgrade the fire suppression system in the kitchen and some other stuff there. Very last page, two important things for this coming year. Um, number one is now that we have a mountain biking master plan, we know what we would like to do. Uh, the, the next real step is to figure out how we're going to go about doing that. Mountain biking is a sport that we are really not able to capture much in the way of revenue. The vast majority of bikers will come and access the hill just from wherever. And um, most of the runs will be ones that you can just come on and ride and go back. And once the bridge and the bike paths there are finished and, and uh, returned to their regular state, you should be able to get from anywhere in, in Peace River. You should be able to jump on a bike path with your bike, ride over there and ride the hill, the, the mountain bike trails on Misery Mountain, then ride home again. So um, we, we need in the coming year to figure out how we can work together with Peace River Council and administration and all the other municipal councils to, I think, jointly come together with some kind of a plan and commitment of how, how do we want to proceed with creating a mountain biking opportunity here in, in our region? Because it certainly could and should be like the best one in Northern Alberta. We've got the best hill for it. So that's important. And of course, replacing the pump house, I've just talked with Jim, he said we're going to get there in 2020. Uh, you may recall that two years ago we had a very um, uh, freezing cold Christmas time and while we were uh, closed because of cold weather, the heat went off in the pump house and the pumps froze and the pumps that were there were basically destroyed and piping and so we're working through that. So those are two key objectives, I think, for the coming year, big things that need to be looked at. Any questions? No, this looks very good. Well, I don't have a question. Do you have a You mentioned about your, your board um, and kind of getting people on, and we all know how that kind of goes in waves. Do you have any um, um, younger people that you're kind of in training to get them to think volunteering on a board might be fine? Mr. Lee has a full head of hair. Just because it's white, don't assume that it's... I, I'm talking I, about... I, I, I dye it, you know, to give me that mature look. <laughs> well, I, I, I know, Elaine. Um, yeah. So our... We're not all old. I'm the oldest one. Just, <laughs> so just in case you interested. Okay. Um, our uh, our secretary on the board has been with us about a year, I think, and you know she has. Kids. She's in that age that where the age the parents that have young kids who are the age that are coming, right? Um, Stuart. Um, Bennett. Stuart Bennett. Thank you very much. 
Uh, his kids, you know, he, he has kids that are, you know, kids that are the age that come skiing. So we need to have some. And that's normally where it starts, right? You, you get some parent involved when their kids are involved. And some of the people on our board, their kids have now kind of are at the age where they're recently graduated from high school or about to graduate from high school. So yeah, it's, it's important. We have a couple of younger people, but it seems harder to get younger people out involved than it used to be. Mr. Lee, the council is challenged for any questions, so I'll just throw a goofball one. Who won the truck? You know what? I just found. I asked this afternoon because being old, I use my gray hair, you know, right here as an so excuse. So this is a long explanation. You don't know either. No, I I, his, I heard his name. Dolomit. It was the Dolomit from St. Isidore. Dolomit. Yeah. That's not the last thing I remember. But yeah, 84-year-old guy. Yeah. Yeah, I heard it when they called him because you always call him right there at Snowfest. You won the truck. He was. Oh my goodness. Oh my. I think I'm going to get my heart pills. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, local person again. So it's not you. Well, I, the question was, how come I didn't win it? But that would be rather self-serving. So Same um, reason I didn't win, I think, Colin. So as a fundraiser, uh, do you, is that a, you know, there was a few years where there wasn't a truck raffle, but it seems to me the last three years now we've had, so what sort of revenue does the club make off of the raffle? Like 20000 the, the truck raffle is our most important fundraiser. And, and we you, last year, we increased the number of tickets from uh, 2000 to 2500 So at $50 a ticket, the revenue is $125,000. And the prizes cost us 60 some odd. So we, and then there's printing and things like that, right? We end up netting somewhere in the $70,000 range. So it's extremely important to us. And Snowfest is the next most important. We normally net about $15,000 or something like that. So we, we need to net over $100,000 a year in total fundraising. And between those two, that's normally about 85,000 or somewhere around there. So just on fundraising, if no one else has a question. So the snowmobile group, I, uh, I'm curious, is there a short explanation why you wouldn't book with the, I'm going to call it the Alberta or the Canadian. The Western Canadian Hill Association. There we go, Association. the Western, yeah. Like, um, I yeah, there probably is, but I'm sorry, Colin, I've kind of forgotten what the, problem, what the issue is there. Okay. So, I just thought they had all the expertise and the timing devices and all yeah. that, so. They do. That, that was a great help. Having having had the event for two years in a row now, um, I know that Amanda and our people have kind of said, you know, I, I think we could do this. You could do it. And then if you would obviously have a bigger revenue stream if you did it yourself, obviously. A, a, a little bit. Last year, we, you know, we moved it to February last year. <laughs> it was 25 or 30 below. And hardly anybody came out to watch. Not surprisingly, who wants to stand on an outside? Well, yeah, we did have some people, but it wasn't nearly as many people came out as the first year. So, yeah, we're we're hoping to do it ourselves. We're hoping to have it, you know, on the same level of success as the first year. We're hoping to do some things that will attract more local people to come out. Just one comment I'd like to make is, uh, 
having been on council for a while at different times, one thing I love the rebranding you've done, and I like the idea of breaking it down into the business components, but I think that brings a consciousness to people when they're working on something. They're not taking on the whole thing, they're taking on a good chunk of it. But the one thing I really want to say is this is probably the most optimistic, positive presentation that I can, that I can remember in, in my history of somebody coming from the from the hill and, and bringing us news. And it was, here's what we're doing, here's what we're doing, here's what we're considering, and here's what we're doing. And that is really so nice to hear. And I'd like you to take thanks for myself and I would assume other counselors here for the optimism and the, the positive attitude that this is showing. It really is something. Thank you, Don. I appreciate that. I mean, naturally, in all of our lives, in all of our businesses or whatever, we have lots of negative down moments where we think the world is coming crashing in on us. And yeah, a month ago, I was really nervous about our finances this year because we were way behind on truck raffle sales and we had, had sold hardly any tickets to the Snowfest and and we're, we're way behind previous years right now on our season ticket sales. So. Yeah, I was really nervous, but in the last month, kind of people have come together, and it's our two fundraisers have gone off really well. The season tickets, we knew at some point that we were going to kind of hit the ceiling with that, because for quite a few years now, we've had this two-for-one sale, where if you had a membership last year, and you find someone else that wasn't a member last year, and you kind of come in together, you can get two memberships for the price of one, there's, at some point, you can't find anybody else. And we, we thought we were going to hit the ceiling last year, and we didn't. We are, the sales were still a little bit higher than the previous year, but this year we seem to have hit the ceiling. And our season ticket pass sales right now are, are way down from last year. So we are all hoping that it's just, it's just that that it's not kind of the economic condition in town and that we have a large number of people saying we can't afford to ski this year. We hope it's not that, but we'll see when the snow falls and people come to show up in December and start skiing. So yeah, I've, I try to look on the bright side of things, but there's all, uh, lurking underneath the bright surface, there's always the potential for real problems. If we don't get good snow, people won't come skiing and, and we'll be in real trouble in a few months. So. Yeah, overall it's positive. We'll see how the storm goes. But thank you, Noah. I appreciate that. Thank you. And thanks for your time and for all the yeah. support that we get from town, from the council, and from our 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 town administration. It's awesome. We appreciate that. Have a great day. Okay. Day thank evening. You. These are these are unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, next presentation, Peace River Shell Rotary House, where we are today. Yeah, so that one is actually going to be postponed to the budget process. Uh, oh, because the message isn't as positive as Mr. Lee. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Okay, very good. Okay, uh, that takes us straight to... to through to bylaws. Uh, there's a request for decision on 
Yeah, very well. We'll do photos. Since everyone dressed up, we'll do photos. <laughs> Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Bylaw 2062, emergency bylaw. Thank you very much, uh, Your Worship and Council. What you have before you is uh, an RFD for bylaw. 2062, it helps us so that we can put together the emergency management plan next year uh, with the, the appropriate committees and agency. So um, this is just the first step of uh, many steps that we're going to have to follow through with. And uh, so you did see this uh, earlier in the summer and then again uh, at the last uh, council meeting or the, the committee the whole last meeting. Um, and uh, uh, November 12th, so we're just asking for um, approval for first, second, and third reading. I'll move first reading. I'll move first reading. All in favor? I'll move second reading. All in favor? Motion to lower third reading. Okay, all in favor of going to third reading. And uh, who's going to make motion? Your Worship is motion to do uh, fourth reading on uh, 2062. All in favor? And uh, just for the record, that was passed unanimously. Just like the uh, contract. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, record. <laughs> just as quickly. <laughs> Request for decision on bylaw 2063, subdivision authority. Good evening. For the record, Alicia Modi, municipal planner. Uh, so before you is a bylaw that would change the town subdivision authority from the McKenzie Municipal Services Agency to a staff person. Uh, the bylaw uh, is passed. It will be accompanied also by a change to the fees bylaw, as well as internally uh, administration taking the time to create a subdivision application form and an internal management uh, file management process. Uh, the proposed bylaw establishes the chief administration, a chief administrative officer, as, who is a designated officer as the subdivision authority, and provides the CIO the ability to delegate that responsibility to the manager of planning and development as a subdivision officer. The proposed bylaw is proposed to go into effect on January 1, 2020, which coincides with the start date for the manager of planning. For your three options, the first is to provide all three readings this evening, uh, as it is not a bylaw that requires a public hearing. This, the second is to provide first reading of the bylaw, which would move the process forward, but not uh, establish the new subdivision authority. And the third is to decline to consider bylaw 2063 and maintain the MMSA subdivision authority. I can take any questions. I'll move uh, first reading. Okay. All in favor? Councillor Downing, all in favor? I'll move we go to third reading. All in favor? And I'll move for fourth reading of uh, 2063. <laughs> Good catch. We want, the, we want the record to state what it's actually. Otherwise, make, somebody will make, declare it null and void. Just, okay. just want to make all sure you're paying attention. All in favor. 
I, I just thought it was your age slipping there, but anyhow. <laughs> there, there have been a lot of things slipping lately. <laughs> okay, that is passed unanimously. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Um, are you sticking around for the fees and charges bylaw? I am. Okay, very good, Ms. Pismoni. So bylaw 2064, fees and charges bylaw. Uh, so this is the proposed fees and charges bylaw that adds subdivision fees to the bylaw to allow us to or ask for those as we're going through our subdivision process. The fees are consistent with those that are charged with the MMSA, which means they're consistent with almost the entire region, except for the county of Northern Light. Um, and they have been added to Schedule C, which is attached to the bylaw. So the two options are to approve the bylaw and um, repeal the current fees and charges bylaw, which is 2054, or decline to approve 2064 and um, and maintain the current bylaw, which means we would not have subdivision fees. So that's not recommended. Um, since we have adopted 2063, it is our recommendation that for a second and third reading be provided to the updated fees and charges bylaw. Your Worship, I just want some clarification. Although I know the answer to this, that's the only change to our fees and uh, services bylaw, right? I did take the time to just reorganize the engineering portion of the fees bylaw to make it a little bit more consistent. But other than those editing uh, changes, no other changes have been made. Thank you. Mine's more of a, uh, a typo, I think, but under subdivision. Um, where it, it explains or shows the uh, the fee schedule, mm -hmm. um, where it says three lots or fewer, then it says four lots or twenty lots. Should that be four oh. lots two? Yes, you're you're correct. Thank you for catching that. So I would. I would uh, ask the council make a motion to make that edit before we adopt the bylaw. Yeah, why don't you make that motion to? Or do you have another edit? No, that's, that was just the one. Yeah. Okay, okay, motion to uh, to correct the particular edit. Schedule B. Schedule C. 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 Schedule
presented tonight a uh, variance, operating variance report uh, up to and including October 31st, 2019. Uh, I believe everybody has had an opportunity to review it, so I'll just try to hit the highlights. Um, uh, overall, revenues are projected um, to be in a favorable position. Are we, are we projected to be in a favorable position of $50,500, uh, which is due to the revenue and expenditure variances identified below in the report. Um, for the uh, water and sewer operations, which is uh, identified separately, we are projecting a deficit position of about $326,000. And the variances are also identified below in the report. So if council has any questions, I'd be happy to uh, to uh, answer those. And council directors are here to provide any additional information that may be required. Okay. Any questions for Mr. Schramm? The uh, <coughs> under the utilities franchise fees, uh, it says having to remit GST on franchise fees. Is that related to our other GST issue? Correct. Okay. Fair enough. Everyone satisfied with me? Okay. Well, it is quite detailed. So, so the public can't certainly can't say that we're not being transparent. Um, very good. Um, if uh, people are satisfied with this particular uh, report, uh, perhaps we can get a motion to uh, to accept it for information. Mr. Good. All in favor? That takes us to the capital variance report. Mr. Schramm. Thank you. Um, council before you is a uh, report uh, reporting on the uh, position of the capital projects uh, throughout the year. Um, as, you, as in previous uh, reports, there's three categories, which are current capital projects, which were the ones approved for this year. Um, there's the multi-stage or phased capital projects, and then there's the previous uh, capital projects that were uh, not completed or invoiced by December 31st, 2018. Uh, these expenses came in after the year-end close. The directors are here to answer any questions that you may have on the topics. Any questions on the capital projects? briefing notes on the downtown beautification program. You'll just wait, I have props. Oh, excellent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Alicia, it might be a good opportunity for us to just mention the couple of down or the couple of downtown beautification uh, projects that were not attached to this, but to our centennial and sort of where we're at with those. Yes. So we've got two murals that were done through the centennial project. One of them is complete and um, is up on the wall just by the Wild Grill. The other one is intended to go on at the Basket Hall. With that, we have signed the contract with the artist, and we've also he's give, given us the invoice that we can give him the deposit so we can get to work. So unfortunately, we weren't able to get that done in 2019, but we are moving forward with that and should have it ready to go up on the Athabasca Hall in the spring. So we're well on our way to being the largest outdoor art gallery in all of northwestern Alberta. Northwestern Alberta, yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't want to set the bar too high. But... Um, with respect to the P sign, yeah. um, my older eyes would say that P is harder to see than some kind of rectangular thing with uh, P inside it. Sorry, so is it, will it just have, there's too many jokes around the missing P. So, um, uh, I'm just. Uh, That's actually the first one tonight. <laughs> but is it just going to be the P? Well, as you can see on the. Because, on the oh. Okay. Yeah. So if the intention is it's going to be the P. Oh, this attached, is for parking. It is oh, for parking. Okay. Yes. So okay. it'll be the the post will okay. be in between that, and then on the other side there will be an aluminum sheet, just the way these other ones are, that says the name of the parking lot. Yes. Oh, okay, I missed that. I thought it was going to be the first letter, and, and then somebody would put a double E in there. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I like the P. Um, the P with the circle is yeah. universally recognized as parking. Yeah. It would be like an exit in a crowded building that just had a big E as opposed to the word exit or the fleeing non-gender specific individual like we see in our current exit sign. So so I I, I would, while well, the P looks nice, yeah. <laughs> the circle uh, I think counts for a lot. And it discourages people from adding their own version of graphics from editorializing or I like, I like the uh, rectangular sign. I think trying to have tilt your head sideways to read it, but also, um, unless that's a new spelling of Centennial. Yeah, no, um, we've no noticed that. If they're going to do the science, um, spell check would be an interesting. Oh, yeah. Guy. <laughs> this is just the concept. We haven't gone through spell check so yet. So the concept of spelling it wrong. Oh, right. <laughs> it's actually named after Frank Centennial. Oh, right. Yes, from Weaverville. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay, the Centennial family, Weaverville, correct. We had a guess that it would be Councillor Manser that would point that out. <laughs> she is nowhere near as I had to take it's over the pedantic. Eyes, like that. <laughs> I wanted to be pedantic instead of the pedants. <laughs> well, if you had one plus one equals three, she would have caught that one very quickly. Oh, Math teacher mentions. Well, it sounds like there's a pretty specific uh, direction, so that's easy. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Uh, maybe a motion to accept the information. Councillor Downing, all in favor. Um, uh, request for decision on the 2020 neighborhood infrastructure renewal. 
Thank you uh, very much, uh, Your Worshiping Council. Uh, Director McQuay and uh, Dr. Schroeder are here to assist in this. Uh, the report was uh, prepared by Mr. McQuay. Um, basic highlights is, is as you know, uh, the uh, project uh, we've received this year is some concerns concerning trees uh, right on the River Road. And uh, we said what we would do is uh, we would evaluate the, the, the process and evaluate the project itself and see if there were some adjustments we could uh, do. Um, the citizens at that point, what they requested, they requested either uh, doing trench boxing, which would have increased the, the project cost, or also in put in water, which the water lines um, were not needed at this time and uh, to a tune of over $200,000. And um, so they, they had an option if they wanted to, they could have done a petition and done an increase uh, uh, a fee and uh, basically enhancement uh, of the community. Uh, um, but what we did is when we went back and we basically reviewed the project, we said, okay, um, is there a couple of other options that we can do? So if you do take a look on page uh, two seven of the report, on the bottom there, there was three options we, we basically tried to review, and the first one is just to carry on with the uh, 99th Street uh, project uh, as is, and uh, then have the schedule remove all of the trees for the 2020 year. Uh, the second option, did, uh, option was to do the uh, readjustment, but of course that did improve uh, increased costs, and we'd have to discuss how we would uh, uh, receive those costs and uh, recover. And then the third option, of course, is for the work to a future year. And the proposal was to actually go to another section of town. And uh, the other section of town is the North, uh, 95th and um, 94th Avenue between 96th Street and 98th Street. Um, <coughs> this area, as you are aware, in the last couple of years has been extremely prone to water breaks and sanitary line failures. And the infrastructure is dating back to 1952 for the sanitary and 58 for the water. Um, with respect to 99th, after review um, on the top of page uh, uh, three, uh, the phase could be deferred up to a maximum of 10 years, we believe. Uh, and then it would be prudent at that point we could do water and sewer, and it's much closer to the actual waters, lines, life expectancy. It would still have a lot longer, but it, it just made it a little more prudent at that time. So as uh, staff did review this, uh, we felt that uh, what could be some of the things we could do to ensure that we could extend it. And there would be just a little bit of uh, maintenance costs and have to be a little bit more flushing on the 99th Street. And uh, then for no other problems, we hadn't really had breaks there. So uh, just the increased flushing and enforcement. Uh, some individuals have been dumping some things down the sewer system that has caused a little uh, backflow. So between the enforcement and also basically the increased flushing, we feel confident there would be no issues. So the recommendation is basically to go to uh, uh, deferring the plan and redirecting the uh, funds if possible to the 94th, 95th Avenue between 96th and 98th Street. Uh, if you have any technical questions, uh, Mr. McQuaig and Mr. Schroeder would be more than happy to answer those. And I'll just leave it with that. I have a question. So if uh, that area was delayed for about 10 years and then it would really need to work, I guess. Um, meanwhile, 
if there's some sidewalks there that are basically down to the gravel and um, they're no longer smooth in and of themselves, when would they be fixed? Well, typically, uh, what we're trying to build back into our operating side of the budget is a certain amount of concrete work to do selective concrete repairs to sidewalks throughout the town. Uh, the other thing that we looked at, and I don't think it's going to fly into next year's budget, is uh, trying to establish on the capital side a sidewalk replacement program where we're looking at you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of sidewalk replacement per year. Uh, just looking at going forward into the next capital year, we're, we're not going to have the money for that. But eventually, as we go forward and kind of we have some debt falling off the books a lot, for a little more room in that, uh, that is one of the programs you know I'm looking at bringing forth under our asset retention plan to, to have established. But as I said, every year we'll try and do what we can for selective sidewalk replacements. Like uh, we'll talk to a couple of panels, but if we're looking at a whole stretch of sidewalk, that those sort of things would fall more under the capital program. So two or three panels that are down to the kind of rock look, bumpy yeah. rock look, I those, guess. Those we can get in and uh, do under our operating program. Go ahead. Um, a question on the deferral. So if we defer for 10 years in that area, the trees that are existing or the trees that are kind of, uh, for want of a better word, under discussion or contentious or whatever, they're still going to be there in 10 years to a large extent. That uh, issue will have to be addressed in 10 years, one way or the other. Um, are we kind of hoping for a, a bunch of sort of fortuitous events like better economics, et cetera, to put us in a position of maybe being able to deal with that in a better way? Is that kind of maybe one of the contingencies that we're looking so at? So looking at that, you know, it depends upon when we actually look at deferring that. If we look at deferring that in two to three years, then yeah, there is a decision that has to be made with those trees. If we're looking at pushing that program out over 10 years, uh, then we're a little closer to having to replace replace both the sewer and water line. Right now, we looked at uh, the condition assessment for the water line established. Well, we could probably get away with leaving that water line alone for 20 or 30 years. But if we're deferring it for 10 years, then the economics make a lot more sense for uh, for life cycle replacement of both the water and sewer line at that point. And if that's what happens at that point, then it makes sense to just kind of realign that water line, and uh, then the, the trees are an issue at that point. Okay, thank you. Like there, there may also, you know, there's always going to be an issue where we've got service lines going into the properties. So but if we're if we're moving both, then, then we may not have to negatively affect the trees to the extent we would have to if we did it now. Okay, yeah. thank you. But there are always going to be some trees that will be affected just for the service line. Sure, there was on our street some that could, were That's not saveable for whatever reason, but That's right. it does mean that the, at the end, of the, the end of the process, we'll end up with more trees standing than we would have had. That's correct. Point. Appreciate it. Thank you. I just wanted to point out one difference between Project New York Street 2. On that project, we dictated that the contractor had to use equipment um, that would minimize the damage to the trees as well. So that is lower production of equipment. 
and on the current project, we don't we don't have that type of equipment as well. So that could raise the cost if you do dictate that type of construction. Right now, if we maintain the equipment that we're intending, there's still going to be some loss of canopy. The trees will still be there. They'll go back their canopy, but some will have to be cut back because some of those trees are very large and they hang over pretty much the entire width of the street. So. Uh, your worship uh, and uh, Jim, just just uh, could we talk about 94 and 95 Street, so or uh, Avenue? Uh, so, my understanding of local improvement would those would those both be advanced together, or is it possible that one of them could be defeated and the other one could go ahead? Uh, so, I don't know how many residents on each one of those, but if we plan on charging a local improvement, so. Is it is it possible that one could be done and the other one voted down by the residents or vice versa? Yeah, so uh, so look at that and that kind of gets into the briefing of the follows in behind the RFD. So with that, if we move to that section of town, uh, basically the way we looked at going forward with that was provide a proposal to the residents uh, to uh, change the status of the surface from gravel to a paved surface. And that would be by that collecting that by that local improvement. Uh, so if they defeated that, uh, they didn't want to do it and didn't want to serve that local improvement levy, then when you went in to do the neighborhood renewal, then we're, we're just replacing like for like. And so they would be left with the gravel surface, just the way they have a gravel surface today, albeit much better improved gravel and much better base that would go through there. And uh, we would have to also look at ditch drainage on both sides of that street, so that would uh, we're taking that runoff and bringing the runoff down to drainage ditches on either side of that uh, gravel street. I think. Um to address another part of your question too is that if we were looking to the residents for local improvement is it would be possible to do um, two separate bylaws for each avenue that way if one avenue was defeated then you could still potentially proceed on the other that's a possibility okay so you guys went and put a bunch of sandstone in, in all this stuff or at least you managed to find it. Yeah. So even if we were recommended, which we're not, to go ahead and do all the wonderful things we could do and, and perhaps even save the trees, whatever, we were already way we'd be you're extrapolating your, your overages across this the rest of this project here anyway, so we could run into all kinds of trouble if we went ahead and Well, the way we'd kind of mitigate that would be just kind of shortening up that project and not doing as much of that river road project we would kind of shorten that section up to compensate for the amount of sandstone that we're looking at encountering right so originally it was four right four years and then we stretched it to five yeah. well so it's four you know it's we went from three to four three to four years. and then four to five. Okay. Yeah. Fair so we would still do all four years it just means in that final phase of the program we would probably look at that scope and reduce the scope within that 
area to kind of lower that by about $300,000 worth of work to allow for that sandstone uh, to be dealt with in that area. And if we defer the project for about 10 years, then you know, when we go back to that, we can budget that in. And the engineering that's already been done, you just blow the dust off that, it's ready to rock when you pull it back on the shelf. Um, and there was a percentage of sidewalk and curb and gutter and stuff that was not getting changed. Well, approximately what percentage of that is, is good anyway? Hazard, yes. Just, uh, yeah, I'm not, I will not hold you to it, I swear. Like 20%? Yeah. Okay. So thanks, Councillor Scamahorn, for bringing up the sandstone. I need you to explain that a little bit more to me, Jim. I mean, you're talking about that the, the construction contingency, there's no funds remaining due to the sandstone. So where, where are we talking about the sandstone, and why didn't we know it was there? So as we go through the, the project, when we start off these projects, we do a certain amount of geotechnical investigation yeah. to give us a prediction as to what kind of soils we're going to be going through and we do our best to kind of predict what that's going to be. Uh, it is, as with Peace River, it's very hit and miss sometimes when it comes to the technical, we do our best. Uh, but as we went through this season, we encountered a lot more sandstone than we had allotted for uh, that would, would have been revealed by our geotechnical assessment. And just stop right anything on that. Um, well, um, the geotechnical assessment, what that involves is, is drilling a hole um, in a specific location on the street. Uh, we probably did 50 to 20 test holes throughout. Um, there was some areas that the geotechnical report indicated um, that there was compressed sand, and I believe that some of those areas were actually sandstone, which they didn't identify as sandstone. Um, so that was somewhat misleading in, in what we were uh, interpreting in those reports. Um, and as we've seen during construction, even on a single street, it's quite variable. We ran into sandstone replacing this, the sewer main on one side of the street, then water on the other side, and we didn't hit sandstone. Um, on one of the avenues at the top end, we hit sandstone. We thought, okay, well, we had really hard Hit sandstone at the top of that one. We're going to be the same thing one block over. We didn't get any there, so it's it's really variable. So going forward, we budgeted an amount too, but we don't. We still don't know exactly what we're going to encounter, but we uh, hoping that we anticipate um, anticipate uh, uh, a value similar to what we're, we're expecting. So I also see that on some of our other projects in the area, um, things that we maybe thought were going to be finished this fall didn't get finished. That's correct. So kind of my game plan going forward into next year is to finish off those areas. Uh, so that would be finish off on 106th and then going into 108th and finishing off those two streets. Uh, and then cleaning up any landscaping, any street lighting, anything that is remaining out of uh, those programs. Uh, everything, so everything except for that one structure river we would complete next year. And then 
depending upon what council's decision is, you know, then we would either do in 2021, we would either do River Road that year, or we would do an alternate location uh, of the equivalent value. And that's why we looked at those two streets uh, in uh, for downtown, is finding something that we could do a roughly equivalent value uh, and complete those in 2021. But, to, and that, would also allow us time next year to for Jason to complete the engineering because he's going to need some time to complete that engineering on those streets before we construct the year after. That's correct. So, so either way, next summer, basically, what I, all I want to do is get everything kind of cleaned up and bring to bring to a logical conclusion for that work, and then in 2021, either do River Road or downtown can you explain a little bit about the options and their budget implications more than just the soundstone part of things there was something about lighting here so uh, street lighting we did uh, allow for 300,000 within the total project budget for street lighting and we are within that right now from what we've discussed with actual for replacements uh, so that is uh, looking at line replacements. Uh, we've got uh, some boring of uh, conduit to put in, which we've done, and and then the streetlight replacements themselves. Uh, so all that's covered within that budget there. Uh, so if you're looking. Yeah, so well, basically if you start off, off on uh, page three of seven, that's a, a good one to start with there. So we've got our internal costs that uh, we can allocate for the project and basically we've kind of in track, keeping in track with that. And that uh, provides uh, things like hydrovac services. Uh, so that way the contractors and billing us for hydrovac services, we're just providing that. Uh, but we do kind of recapture that uh, in our own operating costs. Uh, external engineering consulting. So that would be uh, Jason's work there. Materials testing, uh, which Jason is also coordinating on our behalf is, is that one there. Muell's uh, contract is at uh, basically at $6.893 million figure there for his contract materials and construction labor. The construction contingency, which is uh, project contingency just for the Ruel contract, so that's at $300,000, which basically has gotten eaten up by the belts of the sandstorm that we expend. The street light upgrades are about 300000 and I think today we're probably spending around 270000 on that for the entire project. Uh, and then project contingency, and that it covers uh, basically any additional engineering fees, any construction uh, costs that go over that. Uh, it covers any of our internal costs. So anything that isn't captured, that's what that budget there is for there. So we kind of look at that all together. Uh, 
and then uh, and then you can look at and then go to page five and you can kind of see our expenditures to date there. Any other things that so, clarify on that? So the 117,000 amount remaining, that is still to be used for streetlight someplace? Is that yes. the way to read that? That's correct. And we need... Because that would have been the portion for a river road that we've deferred right now. In phase four, phase four. kind of. Okay. Um, with respect to the uh, other streets, the ones that have gravel right now, um, you mentioned something about ditches, so at least some of those streets have little sidewalks of some sort on one or both sides, so would those disappear under the paving ditch so, schedule? So basically for our gravel roads, basically, because typically you don't have, we can't put curbing gutter in there, but typically you don't have a curbing gutter in there. It all depends upon how you approach that design. Uh, uh, one of the other things, like usually you'll have a sidewalk on there, a little bit of a boulevard, and then it goes into the gravel road. And there's a, usually a bit of a minor ditch uh, on the side of that boulevard and the gravel road to, to bring your surface water drainage through there. So would the new pavement or new, yeah, pavement, I guess, would that be lower than the present level of gravel because everything seems to it is draining to the sidewalk or to the building areas yeah well, uh, yeah once we put pave in there we have to well it depends where that final crown is going to stand jason we have to go through that and survey that and to establish whether proper crown and how that leads back to to tying into the properties and uh, as part of that too once we've been paved then we're committed to do curb and gutter as well and then we have the option to do either curb and gutter the boulevard and sidewalk or we if we're going to look at that we may just elect to say well we recover whatever sidewalk or if there's anything in there right now which is very little uh just to go into a monolithic curb and gutter and sidewalk which means if I could talk for a little bit. Um, the, the state of the road right now, being that it's gravel, there's a slight swale on each side. It doesn't drain very well, so it's all ice. I'm sure when that was first constructed, there was a, a deeper swale. But through the years, it gets filled with dirt and gravel in it, and it all builds in and fills in. Um, if it does have to stay as gravel, then essentially that's what we would do is do a little bit more defined deeper swale but you will find over the years as things get graded that will get filled in again and you'll get you know work your way back to the same state it's in now um, moving to curb and gutter and an urban uh, section uh, the intent likely would be to lower the road grade uh, being that we are replacing the water and sewer mains we have um, the option of lowering that water main so we're not taking the cover off it um, there is some concerns on sanitary sewer, which did a little bit of preliminary investigation there that we'll have to address as well. And uh, if we can work it uh, into the budget, then we would also be able to lower those sewer mains as well. So would possibly individual properties have to pay extra to have some adjustment on their part of the part into the house um, because of height? Well, uh, if, if 
if we lower this, we would be lowering the sanitary sewer main, so that would benefit the, the private services, and that we, we would be able to increase the grade or improve the grade from the property line to uh, the main. Um, they are going to be in a similar situation to the other areas of town where their lines are also fairly uh, old, so I believe that we would probably proceed on the same basis of giving them the option of uh, replacing their private portion as well. Last question. So if you have a swale and no sidewalk, does that mean people are kind of jumping over the swale when they park to get to their well, I think we would um, we would be maintaining the sidewalks that are there because there is sidewalks on both sides if I remember right right now um, so they would be maintained it would the swale would be just right adjacent to the, the gravel road edge um, one could actually extend the gravel base out so that it's part of the road itself um, but it would it's either going to be gravel swale or a grass swale. I think, just to clarify the advance, I believe there's angle parking on that street for the most part, although I've been by it a few times, there's kind of a hodgepodge of it is. parallel parking and angle parking. But I, I, to answer your question, in my mind, if you were angle parking, you'd put your front tire into the swale and then take a running jump and jump over the swale with the water and land on the sidewalk, I think is how it works. but. The parking there is just, in my experience, it's it's a real mixed bag of it is. vehicles. Just coming back to 99th Street. Mm -hmm. So, uh, two things. I'm I'm a little confused about the the project contingency versus the contract construction contingency, and the numbers don't quite align in the in the. Um, Briefing note. Like, well, it says um, currently there are no funds remaining in the construction contingency. That's this correct. includes 360,000 K expended this year for unforeseen work. But on the on the chart on page three of seven, if I'm reading this wrong, it's still showing the construction contingency at 300,000. So I'm just a little confused of where we so, got those numbers put in, Jim. So that first one on page three of seven, so that was the approved cash flow for the project. So that's what okay, you told me so that's the to approved. establish the budget. Okay. And then the other one is what we've actually expended today. Okay. So there's still there's still um, the expenditures to date on the the project construction or project contingency is is still within budget then at the 520. And the difference between construction contingency and project contingency? Well, if I, so construction contingency, that is the one, that's the contingency budget that I give Jason to manage. Okay. Just for the work that he's doing with the contractor. The project contingency is the overall contingency I, I manage. So that includes any contract Overages, any uh, additional engineering work that is required on Jason's behalf. It includes contingency for uh, any overages that, if I'm having public works, dedicate more resources to the project than I anticipated. And it also includes any work that uh, 
Uh, I've got back over here in the front street lights. So it's a number of different things uh, in addition to that. So. Okay. So, Jim, one of the, you know, where we've come to in this circle when we're looking at this project, I mean, you know, I appreciate that we've looked, we're trying to find a solution within the amount of money that we've currently approved um, for the neighborhood renewal project. So what's our go forward, Jim, to sort of minimize this in the future? I mean, this isn't going to be the only time we come across, uh, you know, concerns mm -hmm. in neighborhoods. Um, you know, what, what are we going to do different to sort of mitigate this issue? So I think overall, when you look at it, if we continued on the project as planned right now, as we've got it, you know, we're, you know, within, you know, $800 of what we've allowed for the budget, which this size of project is pretty darn good. Uh, so in terms of allocating contingencies, I think we, we keep on doing what we're doing and allocate uh, contingencies on that. The one difference, I think, Within this, that is kind of uh, kind of uh, kind of taking us off a little off course. If anything, is you know one is the geotechnical and then making sure we're doing our due diligence at the front end to predict as much as we can in terms of what we're going to run into. Uh, the second one is you know uh, just community engagement and. I know we had several open houses, but for some reason, the tree issue didn't come up until a couple of weeks that we're about to start before it, despite having numerous neighborhood meetings beforehand and kind of explaining things. And I don't know if I wasn't explaining myself clearly enough as to what uh, residents were to expect, or I'm not sure what the overall answer to that is, but. Uh, my takeaway for myself is, you know, don't, you know, make sure I'm not sugarcoating anything. Be very blunt with our residents as to what is going to be entailed to get a, a project completed. Uh, so that way we can tackle those issues sooner in the process. And if there's a way that we can engineer solutions around them, then that's what we do. So last thing. Uh, what I mean, we've said okay, let's bump one back, one forward, um, so that we can go right down the middle of the street to minimize some of those other concerns. Um, so, what if you know part A doesn't last as long as part B? Where can we fit that in then, Jim? What, what are we looking at so, for that? So, you know, the future town problem. Okay. So, uh, comes that uh, river road comes. A, a much bigger issue, and we have to move it ahead. Uh, that's fine. You know, we can look at that. You know, uh, in 2022 going forward, like any time 22 and further, then we can start considering. That. It also allows us time in our budget process cycle to better anticipate those true costs of what is going to be required in those phases. If it means maybe removal gets chalk up in two phases and do one of those phases in 2022 and one phase in 2023. So that way we can kind of make sure that we're aligned within our budget because we're basically committed to about $2 million per year for neighborhood renewal. 
and I'm trying my best to kind of manage that, given that budget uh, reality, you know, trying to, to, to budget that within a process. Okay, I have one question. Oh, well, I probably lead to some supplemental questions. So when we, uh, so when I look at 94th and 96th uh, Avenue, those, uh, that's a mix of residential and commercial, correct? The, there is one little commercial structure, like as you go by the SPCA and then you've got the outreach school up by there as well. Right, okay. Um, and then we have residents just across the street from us. And, uh, None of those, those are, none of those are uh, designated mixed commercial residential. So what, where I'm going with this is that the uh, the neighborhood renewal <coughs> program was uh, geared towards residential, um, and uh, and so we bumped up the the tax rate one wheel on 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 residential. The idea is it's a revolving fund. And, and eventually, when your street deteriorates to the point, uh, your street deteriorates, we come in there, we bring bring it up like to like, um, up to snuff, and you pay for that out of your residential taxes. You basically bank the money. Now we didn't do that with commercial. Now didn't we didn't quite do that with commercial. Um, we did bump up their levy, uh, we'd have to go back in the records, maybe half a mil or something, maybe a half to three quarters of a mil. The, uh, so the idea was, was the commercial ones would still be subject to the improvement levy, and, that's, and we talked about this a couple of years ago, if you remember, Councillor Good, you were going to and uh, take it to the Chamber of Commerce when you were the, the rep to uh, basically get them to buy in. We, we, if we want to do it without going to the improvement levy because that creates some issues for us, just administrative issues, <coughs> we, we would, we, we need to think about in this, coming up in this budget cycle about Bumping, bumping the commercial part up to the one, the one mill donation that uh, that they would that the residential people put in and put because you talked about 94th, 90, uh, 96, and then doing more downtown. So, uh, so and that's all. Eventually, we're going to get into an all-commercial district. So the program didn't really, didn't necessarily, well, I won't say it didn't exclude the commercial, but there was quite a few, um, quite a few projects already on the improvement levy, and they hadn't paid down their, uh, their debt. It was a bit awkward to start the program uh, and then raise their taxes, particularly for the ones that were still paying it down. But it's been uh, something like eight years now, or maybe six. 
So uh, no, uh, a lot of those improvement levies want to come off the books, and uh, it'll be more palatable to bring in that that sort of uh, pay up front uh, neighborhood renewal uh, levy, which is probably one reason why we should have uh, put it on the tax sheets as a neighborhood renewal levy, actually. So well, we can talk about that in budget time. Uh, so I guess I didn't really ask a question. I just told you <laughs> some of the some of the funding issues that we uh, we well we envisioned those funding issues uh, six years ago. So we just try and stay true to the program. Um, that I don't have uh, I don't have any questions. Are there any more questions? So what's your uh, what's your ask here? Do we? So my ask is basically a direction on how we continue in neighborhood renewal the next few years. Uh, do we stay down south? Uh, like either way, I think uh, I would recommend that you know, we stay the course and and finish off uh, 106 and and 108th next year and then but for 2020 is basically where I'm looking for direction for uh, are we going to stick to River Road or do we progress downtown to be the 96 okay so you have three recommendations like there's three points yes under are we are we making one all-encompassing thing or is that so, kind of up to us to figure out so I guess when you kind of do one, you sort of yeah. preempt the rest. Yeah. Like uh, that, that final rec the recommendation kind of summarizes what I'm looking for. The last bullet there. Uh, so, so the motion should read something like uh, uh, um, council directs administration uh, to to focus the neighborhood renewal program for twenty for uh, the, year, the fiscal year 20, 2020 to uh, to um, to focus in on ninety fourth and ninety fifth Avenue. Is that twenty twenty or twenty twenty one? That would be twenty twenty one. So we're focusing on ninety fourth and ninety sixth in twenty twenty one. Still, we still have. Okay. So complete the work on 106 and 108 in 2020, and then carry on to 94th and 95th in 2021. Well, that's not what you, you have, sir. <coughs> deferred the work remaining in phase two and three of 99th Street for a future year. So I yeah. think that's River Road. That's that's correct. And and further on after that, says and directed administration the work already in construction, so that would be 106 and 108. Okay, 106 and 108. So 106 Ave and 108 Ave were originally slated for 2021 as part of phase four. Oh, okay. And we, we bumped ahead this year and did part of that because we, we postponed 99th Street phase two portion. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I thought you so. So, uh, so the motion should be uh, something to the effect that 
council uh, directs administration to defer the neighborhood renewal um, program remaining in phase two and, uh, two and three of 98, 99th Street to a future year and uh, but to complete work uh, neighborhood renewal work already in construction for 106 and 108th Street. Uh, and then, um, and then we'll, perhaps we'll just do a, we'll do uh, three motions here, and the second one, providing that this is where uh, the majority of council wants to go, uh, motion by council uh, with council to council directs administration to reallocate the remaining approved budget under current contract work. To 94th, 95th Ave between 96th Street and 98th Street, and then a third motion for council to direct administration to create a proposal for a local improvement as per Section 393 of the MTA for residents of 94th and 95th Ave to have the streets paved and the, and the costs charged as a local improvement. Okay. So, yeah. Your Worship, just before we proceed on the potentially the third motion. So, assuming, let's just assume that both of those fail, we would still do them under the neighborhood renewal gravel program. So nothing. Um, they would just get the motion would change. Yeah. They would just be. They would just be. They would stay the same, and there'd just be a modernization of the yeah. the swale and the gravel. Okay, fair enough. Your Worship? Yeah. So referring to 94th and 95th, we haven't done any um, community engagement there. No, that would be part of this process. That would be part of this process. That would be like this year then, or this summer coming. Yeah, we would do that like as we're going through engineering, we would also do our community engagement through that process. <coughs> There's a lot of... Uh, tree growth in that area so are we looking at a similar project a similar concerns it does that we'll have to look at in terms of where the alignment of the existing structures are but most likely on these ones we're going to be replacing all the water and all the sewer lines in those areas to begin with just due to the age of the infrastructure there uh, and with the, the sewer lines we're going to be lucky if they find sewer lines through there uh, probably all flooded away by now by five grades yeah. and flat grades. So at this point, I, I see an opportunity to kind of uh, change the alignment to the middle of the street, similar to that we did on 86th Avenue, and that way we should be able to uh, not affect as many of the trees as we are working at on the do we have enough information to make that motion at this point? Yep. Okay. You can make a motion at any time. You don't, well, need, any, you don't need one ounce of information. <laughs> That's energy. true. You can. Absolutely. Should we? Um, one last question. Uh, in the background notes, that there was mention of the um, upcoming 365 uh, reservoir replacement. So. Supposing all these uh, proposed motions go through, there's nothing that affects this reservoir water line thing here. 
not for that section. Most of uh, the coordinated efforts that we're doing with Reservoir 365 uh, took place with what we were doing on 103rd uh, Street that we did last year and also with the streets that we did this year. Uh, there are some, some improvements that we would have looked at for River Road, but I think nothing is really going to affect uh, Reservoir 365. <coughs> Okay, so we got three, three motions. Okay, go ahead. Um, I move that um, admin defer the work remaining in phase two and three areas of 99th Street for a future year, and admin uh, be directed to complete work already in construction in that neighborhood renewal. Yeah, how about phase four? Phase four. Already construction on 106 and 108 Street? Yes, that would Avenue. be better. Avenue. Yeah. Avenue. Oh, Avenue. Okay. Yeah. That would be better. Thank okay. you. Okay. All in favor? Okay. Uh, is there, hopefully, somebody's got a second motion? Okay. I'll move that uh, administration reallocate remaining. Approved budget under the current contract to work on 94th and 95th Avenue between 96th Street and 98th Street. All in favor? Your motion, or rather, your worship, I put a motion on the floor that uh, directs administration to create a proposal, and that includes a public consultation component as well for a local improvement as per section 393 of the MGA for residents of 94th and 95th Avenue and that these streets be paved and the cost incurred be charged as a local improvement. And I also note that it's a mixed area of residents and commercial, so it applies to both categories. Okay, all in favor? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, so this one, uh, briefing on 94th and 95th Ave. Just a motion to accept that, that briefing note. He basically covered it yeah. after the previous one. The okay, so did people hear that? I'll move we accept this information. Yeah, okay. Okay, uh, all in favor. Do people know what they're voting on when we set the next? Yep, yeah. all in favor? I wouldn't want you to put in a vote without any information. For information, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the next one is a request for a decision on a letter of support for the Peace Library System ebooks, no less. Thank you very much, Your Worship and uh, Council. Uh, <coughs> what you have for you is uh, we've received uh, some correspondence concerning uh, ebooks. Uh, basically, uh, in a nutshell, is uh, they could uh, the library can order as many uh, hard copies as they wish, but they are only allowed to have one ebook at a time. And the unfortunate part is, is uh, um, people who want to read using the ebooks. With only one copy, there's a long wait list. So therefore, they're asking uh, all the libraries and you know municipal councils to do a letter of support. The letter of support is attached uh, on the page, and we're just looking for a motion. Uh, the administration feels that this is a um, a good idea, 
and on page basically 80 of the uh, agenda package, uh, there's the actual uh, letter and uh, resolution. Does, does our library rep uh, champion this, this initiative? Yeah, I do. You're for so you hate authors? Is that what you're saying? What? No, I'm kidding. I'm, just, I'm, I'm looking at the disadvantages of all, and it would seem that someone loses. You know what? It, they're working through that, Byron. Okay. That it was the same kind of thing when music went from, you know, cassettes to albums to. Are you saying I may use Napster or LimeWire at some time <laughs> in my history? I will not confirm nor deny that. Exactly. So. So the industry itself is is moving along for that exact concern, but I am in support of this uh, in um, us forwarding a letter of support with regards to books. And this is through our library systems. Okay. I noticed in your retort back to Mr. Scammell and you didn't mention eight tracks. Is that because he wouldn't know what the hell they are? <laughs> I uh, did he manage to it. spend some time in a vehicle in my past that was Equipped with an A-track. <laughs> no, I'm still the big pen to wind the tape back oh. in generation. So, okay. All in. Did you, who made the motion? Uh, no one's made it. Oh, you have. Okay. All in favor? Uh, Council members. Okay. All passed unanimously. Again. Um. A request for decision regarding the Peace River and County of Northern Lights Fire Department graduation. When is that occurring? And uh, uh, Mr. I move Ford, that council be enabled to attend okay. in whatever numbers they desire. Okay. All in favor? It's passed. Um, Your Worship, it does request that we bring congratulations on behalf of the town. Was someone going to do that? I'm right. taking care of. Great. Um, so the next one is the transfer of Sagatawa Lookout to Northern Sunrise County. Thank you very much, Your Worship and Council. Uh, this has been before us a couple of times in uh, 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 requests from the County of Northern Sunrise. We did follow up uh, to see if uh, the initial family that donated uh, uh, the Blazer family to um, the town, they'd be fine with this request. And they have uh, responded that they are fine with this request. So we're just uh, continuing with this process. And uh, our recommendation is to uh, build the uh, Western County Northern Summer. Okay, all right, is this our Land for Peace program? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have a briefing note from Director Bell on the Community Services and Museum Boards. Uh, your Worship and Council, normally I wouldn't necessarily speak to a briefing note in regards to our boards. However, I wanted to bring Council sort of up to speed on what's happening with the Community Services Board. We've had a series of uh, meetings where we haven't had quorum. So you haven't heard from them lately because they haven't been able to meet quorum at most of their meetings, unfortunately. Um, most recently on November 6th, we were able to reach quorum for a special meeting specifically for the volunteer awards. But prior to that, we had three meetings in a row 
without quorum. And it's just been a succession of situations where it's not the same individuals, it's just um, everyone's taking a turn not being able to come to meetings. So it's just a bit of a quandary right now, and we're hoping we have quorum for our December meeting. In addition, the museum board has not met recently for the same reason. They have not been able to reach quorum. We've had a number of members reach their term. We've had new members appointed. Uh, one of those new members now became one of my employees, so now we have to backfill that position. It, again, a bit of a situation where circumstances outside of our control, but we are attempting to have our regular meeting in January. So I just wanted to bring council um, make you aware of the situation and we will move forward, we hope, to continue uh, having meetings in the new year. Maybe we start the new year off right with meetings. So attendance. how many are required for quorum in each of those? One plus a half. So if it's uh, members of 11, we're looking for five or six. Yes. So do we have too many members on the board? Uh, the museum board is only, the community services board is 11, the museum board is 7. So uh, quite a, a, a lower number. We're still not able to reach quorum necessarily with a lower number. <clears throat> Did they have the option to call in? Some of them, no, we, we didn't provide the option to call in. We've tried that in the past and it's not worked well. And actually boards have requested that people did not call into meetings. We could try that again to see different people around the table might uh, get that option. We have moved into the 21st century of a lot of stuff yeah. done through telecommunications. That, that's true, but these board positions and individuals on the board, it's about relationship development, which is much more effective in a face-to-face -face manner. So, but we can offer that up to see if that does help with our form issues. Yeah. So that's all I have. Thanks. So, uh, I guess a motion to accept for information. So, thank you, Councilor David. All in favor. Okay, so uh, we've, we'll move ahead on reports. So uh, the first set of first set of reports was minutes for October 15, 2019, uh, Peace Regional Aboriginal Interagency Committee meeting. Um, I believe Ms. Manza, you're the the, uh, the designate on that. Our designate on that committee. Um, yes, and I can't remember if it's this meeting or if it was the next one. It must have been this meeting. We also did a pipe ceremony. Yes, it was this one. Because um, the Peace uh, Regional uh, Aboriginal Interagency Committee meeting, or committee has uh, been chosen and agreed to be part of a study um, on Aboriginal Interagency Committees. Um, and for best practices or work to learn, there to learn. So we have a researcher that comes from someplace in BC and another one that comes from someplace in Saskatchewan. And over two years, they're kind of studying us and talking to us. Other than that, um, the calendars for the um, 
powwow are on sale, twenty dollars, and uh, that's a way of the powwow making money. They hope to have a uh, another, um, can you call it a, a fashion show or something like that in the February March time period, and hope to raise more money for the powwow at that point in time. So that's kind of it for you. I noticed that. You, that uh, that there's quite a bit of smoking going on at the regional Aboriginal Interagency uh, Committee. Yes, uh, the opening prayer it is customary that uh, the person doing that uh, would be given tobacco. So um, are you exempt from the uh, smoking indoors policy? Um, they, they don't usually light it up. If there's a smudge, depending upon the location and the air filtering system, uh, usually if it's at Sagatawa, the smudge happens outside. And it doesn't always happen, it just depends on which elder's there. And as long as you're five meters away from any door, right? I don't quite know how all that uh, coincides, yeah. Okay, uh, and the meeting of the Peace Regional Economic Development Alliance, PREDA, um, I believe you're also on that, Ms. Manser. Um, yes, I was unable to attend uh, this particular meeting. However, um, they have presentations on the plant protein workshops, and their financial stuff is given to you there. So they're carrying on, and um, about all I can say, they're doing workshops uh, as they can. That's really all I can say. So maybe a motion to accept uh, reports 9.1 and 9.2 for your information. I would do that. Sorry, okay. He's got it all up there. So there's no information to be had under information. Any notices of motion, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Um, shall we? Ex ah, Mr. Mr. Burr and uh, Mr. Schuler are in the gallery. Do, do you have any comments to represent the public? No. Really good. Uh, so we will turn to uh, to the press. Cool. Welcome back. All right, thank you. Uh, is it possible to get together with Autumn or somebody else just to go over some of the stuff in, in greater detail? Yeah, well, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure Autumn is, Autumn is customer oriented. So <coughs> she'll, she'll, uh, awesome. I love being a customer. That's okay. Um, and now, um, well, we'll take, we'll recess for five, ten minutes, and then we will, uh, we'll come back for oh, right. the one in camera item. Oh, what? Just a reminder that Sunday is our centennial celebration. We're hoping that all council will be there for what time? I, I'm drawing a blank. It's one, one o'clock. Uh, but if you could come at ten to one or quarter to one to, you know, be part of the <coughs> readers, that would be greatly appreciated. And where is it being held? At the Baytex. Okay. Yeah, bring indoor shoes. Yeah, yeah. Or wear your socks. Or wear really cool socks. Either one of those two things. Was there anything else, Tanya? 
you'll be assigned a task at the door? Yes. <laughs> careful with your smiles. It's not complicated. Santa Claus parade. Santa Claus parade is on. Friday. 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 Friday at six. Oh, I keep making it. Yeah, you do. It's totally me. I want it Saturday. It's Friday. Friday. So that's a good point. It's Friday. Last year, Byron and I walked the streets. You're out. I'm running a TA North Basketball Invitational Junior High. Starts on Friday at 2 o'clock at our school. Come on out. Yeah. So is anyone else going to join me in handing out candy? Perfect. Thank you, Your Worship. Can I suggest that uh, Councillor Downing is tethered to another member of council? So that she yeah, we, we, we made it two blocks and we lost her. <laughs> It's kind of like keeping a squirrel, but not on a leash. It just, it just wanders off. And we'll be serving Centennial Cake in the mall afterwards. After, 